counting my blessings. Number two. Today had a couple of nice surprises. A colleague in Toronto delivered some delicious lettuce wraps for dinner. Another in Winnipeg sent a beautiful embroidery now hanging on our wall. Two examples of many kindnesses, which always mean more when we are doing it tough. Today, I am thankful for a wonderful team across Canada who encourage, support, pray for and bless me in many different ways. And for Ailsa helping me to get dressed, which is a lot more complicated than I anticipated with the fixator. Putting on shorts is so difficult, I may have to consider breaking out my kilt. Psalm 2 starts with a question about government. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Whether we're interested in politics or not, we should have a keen concern for government. The kings rise up and band together in the psalm. They find common cause against the Lord and against his anointed. This conspiracy of nations and the plot of their peoples is in vain. Their manifesto is based on a lie. The lie is that they will deliver freedom and end enslavement. They propagate a false idea about God. Their propaganda says that it is God who oppresses and they who will set free. This is laughable and is the reverse of the truth. It is ridiculous to reduce God and elevate themselves because God is in charge. God establishes kings. Every empire that has ruled the earth has fallen. Every dynasty comes to an end. Isaiah, reflecting on the temporary nature of many things, writes, Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of the world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. 
There's that mention of chaff again. The one who appoints kings is also a father, the father of an adopted and anointed son. And this is where we begin to glimpse an answer about government, about government that is and government that will be. God appoints, God listens and answers, God empowers and gives victory. So be wise, serve the Lord, celebrate his rule, work with the Lord, not against him. There is no middle ground. Is leadership about me and what I promise and offer? Do I want people to look to me or look to God? Of course, all Christian leaders would agree with this in theory. But in practice, we can easily stray away from trusting in God to putting faith in our programs, resources and gifting. I read this week a helpful reflection on work with Aboriginal peoples in Australia. Modern Western thinking likes to reduce all endeavour to measurable outcomes. It's as if ministry is equated with manufacturing, where outputs are directly related to input multiplied by process. More input or better process equals better results. But what are the results we want to see from Christian ministry? How long should it take to show a satisfactory result? Some leadership drives and orders. Godly leadership calls and invites. So every leader has a choice. Your kingdom, your influence, your achievement, your power, your glory, your advancement and your reputation. Or God's kingdom, godly influence, godly power, God's glory, the advancement of God's kingdom and his reputation. Are you going to continue with your own fears and insecurities, abusing people and misusing power? or pursue the only alternative. The encouragement is to be wise, which, as the motto of my old university in Aberdeen proclaims, begins with the fear of the Lord, and therein is also a warning. It is much better to take refuge in God, and all who do will be blessed.